This is a Main Hustle Media Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Jackie O and you're listening to Militantly Mixed. Yo, this is Rashani from the Single Simulcast. And when I'm not making you laugh or making up parody songs, I'm kicking back. Listening to Militantly Mixed. I would like to acknowledge that the Militantly Mixed podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Karankawa people, and I wish to pay my respects to the people of that nation, both past and present. Hey y'all, welcome to Militantly Mixed, the podcast about race and identity from the mixed race perspective. I am your host, Charmaine Fury, aka Mixed Auntie Maine, the Busiest mixed race by gender bisexual polyamorous atheist comic book nerd cat mom and now two time Asian American Podcasters Association's Golden Crane Award winning podcaster in this podcasting game. This is episode 151 and I am on hiatus for the month of December, but I just wanted to let y'all know that last night on December 21st, 2021. Militantly Mixed took home award in the category. Officially, the category's title was Asian Culture, Stories, and Experiences. But for some reason, in my memory of the experience last night, they were saying Best Asian Stories. I don't know if that's true, but that's what my memory is. So I've been saying on social media over the last 12 hours, Best Asian Stories. So uh, I wanted to jump on to let y'all know, in case you don't follow the social media, that we were nominated for a Golden Crane Award in this category. And last night we were one of two winners in this category. So uh, last night at the awards show, there were two categories that I guess had had a number of nominees, like a bigger category than the rest of them. And so they had split two of the categories into two winners. Those categories was society and culture was one of them and uh, Asian culture stories and experiences was the second one. I am disappointed to admit that I have forgotten who won the other award in my category and who won other awards. Like I vaguely remember the people who won and their thank you speeches, but I don't remember what categories they're assigned to. I pretty much blacked out and forgot everything after they announced Militantly Mixed for Best Asian Stories. And I think the reason why is because, and you know, you, you all have experienced it regardless of what your mixed ethnic heritages are. There are certain times when a validation happens from a particular section of your ethnic heritage that is more needed than you needed, than you expected it to be needed. I'm sure you all can relate. For many years, you all have heard me on the show explain about how my identity is very hierarchical and that I identify as black first and then Japanese. And then my whiteness is specifically British whiteness. So English, Welsh, and Scottish. My Nana was English and Welsh and they got a little bit of Scottish um, on my mom's side. But, but specifically, my Nana is from England and therefore my identity, my, my white understanding or my white heritage is British. Um, 
And so I do have some cultural things that are British from being raised with a British grandmother, but predominantly my cultural identity is black because I grew up in a black neighborhood, surrounded by my black family. Um, I tend to be surrounded by blackness wherever I go. That is the um, side of my ethnic heritage that I'm most comfortable in and that I exist in more often. Um, Japanese, I have all, you know, I've made jokes about being weekend Japanese because that was how I got to experience my Japanese-ness um, when I was growing up, you know, going to visit my grandmother on the weekends. And then when I eventually ended up living with her, um, it became a bigger part of my identity. But um, because I can't walk around and maneuver in Japanese spaces as a Japanese person, um, in the same... In the same kind of way that I can as a black person, even as a mixed black person, um, it is a place in where there are times when I need that validation as either an Asian or specifically a Japanese Asian um, more than I do in other in the other things. I, I never walk around going, man, I wish someone could just see me as a British person, a white British person. I never have that experience. Um, like I said... There's a few aspects of British culture that I identify with that I was raised in that I love. Also, England is the only country of ethnic heritage origin that I've been to and do feel somewhat at home in, in terms of like the Terra, my home Terra. It is oddly comforting to be there. But my main identity is is black and blackness. And so in these moments when I am acknowledged in Asian-ness, it's kind of... It's a bigger deal, I guess, than I really want to admit. <laughs> so last year, I was a Golden Crane Award winner in the category of Best Cover Art. And that was really meaningful last year because if you all have been following me for that long, you know that in 2020, I had to change my logo. Um, I Up until then, I had been using a version of the Japanese flag in my logo that uh, was the naval ensign, the imperial flag, the imperial war flag, basically. And that flag was a symbol of domination and atrocities in and throughout all of Asia when Japan occupied and, um, yeah, I, I said uh, atrocities, performed atrocities across Asia, in Korea, in China, in the Philippines, in Vietnam. Japan is to Asia what Britain was to the rest of the world. They colonized, they, they exerted their imperial dominance in places, and they performed a great amount of atrocities across Asia, which is why there is tensions to this day with uh, Japanese and basically the rest of Asia. And why, as an Asian American person, I struggled to identify that way because um, I had two layers of separation from Asianness. One was being Japanese, the other was being mixed. And so I never quite felt welcomed or that I had room in Asian American spaces until the last couple of years. Um, I don't know if things are shifting culturally because of more awareness that people are now having or if it's because I'm I'm now actively engaging in in conversations and education and and building community in Asian American spaces and where in which I'm owning my Asianness, that is also a possibility. I don't really know. Um, but last year when I won that award, 
it was very meaningful because of once once discovering that that flag was actually viewed by other Asians as um, a form of oppression, a symbol of oppression, which I, I, I hadn't understood that prior to um, 2020. I immediately knew I needed to change it. It did take me about a week or two to get that resolved. And then it took me a couple months to kind of filter through all of the different pages that that old logo was on. Like in, in Instagram posts and things like that, you'll still see the older logos in, in posts, but you won't see it as its main logo, you know, um, things like that. Every now and then I discover, I stumble upon something, I Google something, I'll see the old logo and then I realize I have to go in and change it. Or like someone will share the show, but they'll be sharing the old logo and things like that. So sometimes I got to send people emails, but it was, it was really significant last year to get that award in that specific category because of what I went through last year dealing with that. Cause I also had to deal with the emotional side of discovering that I was basically waving the Confederate, the equivalent to the rebel flag or the Confederate flag or the swastika at Asians when I had that in my logo. And I, that I did not know that before that, but as soon as I knew it, I knew I had to change it. The other side of the emotion of it, it was just like, that that symbol, that flag in particular, was something that I was aware of. It was in my house. We we had one. Um, we didn't wave it or flag it or anything like that. We just had we just had that image in our in our house. Um, it's on a lot of Japanese things from my grandmother's era, the era she grew up in. And so I I I personally assigned that imagery to my grandma and the time she grew up. I I did not assign it to what it actually was because I didn't have that information. Once I had that information though, I couldn't unsee it. You know what I'm saying? So that was why it was such a big deal last year to get that acknowledgement. That being said, up until last night, I have not received a content-based award yet. I The show gets acknowledged for its content a lot. You know, I, I have been, I've had some press done. I've had people connect with me because of the content of the show and and that has always been meaningful because you you hope that the content you're creating that you put out is meaningful to people. To specifically though get a content-based award from an Asian American podcasting association where Asian Americans were the the voters, the judges of the episodes of all the episodes that they listened to. And for a show that is about mixed people um, and that makes people struggle sometimes to feel, feel accepted by the various groups that they come from and specifically with my Asian-ness. When I was nominated, I submitted the episode uh, with Ryan Alexander Holmes, which was episode 151, in which he says the phrase, it's not that I'm, I don't look Asian, it's that you've never seen an Asian that looked like me before. And this is something he said before, which is part of why I wanted to talk to him for the show. And I kind of asked him to bring that up um, because I wanted the audience of Militantly Mixed to hear that. It's not that you're not black enough or you're not Asian enough or you're not Latin American enough or Middle Eastern, Persian, indigenous. It's not that you are not enough of these things. It's that you are these things and people have decided for you, you don't look enough of like the thing that you are. And that's not about you. 
but it feels a lot about you, right? Like throughout our life, when someone invalidates our ethnic heritage, it feels personal because we also have internal things telling us that we're not enough too. Um, but that is the fault of society and the way that they shape us. So as mixed people, and it's part of the reason why I'm doing this show, the goal is to make a space that empowers, it, uh, that constantly validates and tells you you are not only enough of fill-in-the-blank ethnicity, you are that thing. You are it. You also happen to be other things, other ethnicities. So I am all, at all times walking around as a black Asian person. I am black and I am Asian. But sometimes I am told to just be black or actually to just be Dominican, <laughs> even though I'm not Dominican, uh, because people don't want to own the mixed folks. And that's on them, that's not on us, but it hurts us. So in this specific case of getting acknowledged not only as an Asian American podcaster, because that was a big deal for me last year, that I was seen as an Asian by other Asians for what felt like the first time in my life last year. This year, it's that among all the Asian stories that were submitted, Militantly Mix was one of the best at telling Asian stories. And I got emotional on the thank you um, speech as well because, because of that, that it was an Asian American organization and three pages worth of Asian American identified people on the Zoom award show that were validating me as a mixed Asian and Militantly Mixed as a show that shares Asian stories. And for the Asians out there, you know, four tends to be a bad luck number for a lot of us, East Asians at least. And I, I turned 44 this year and I've been making jokes, even though it's not necessarily something I attest to or align with that um, 44 was supposed to be my bad luck year. And then I just had to get through it. But at 44 years old, the work that I do as a black Asian mixed person has been acknowledged by an Asian American organization as Asian work. And that's, a, that's huge to me. And I, I needed it more than I wanted to <laughs> need it. Um, and I'm just very excited that we are now in a, in a time when that is a possibility, where in my childhood, even my Japanese family, my relatives who loved me as a relative, did not see me as a Japanese person because they saw me as an American or they saw me, for those who knew, as a black person or whatever, that my non-Asian-ness was more powerful than my Asian-ness in their eyes. So to have this validation as an adult, it's very meaningful. So that's why I wanted to jump on and let y'all know that Militantly Mixed did get award in that area um, and, and how special that is. 
I also want to thank the audience and the guests of the show for the last three and a half years because without y'all listening, Militantly Mixed doesn't get on the radar of these associations that offer awards. Um, some award show you do have to apply for. Sometimes you're told to apply or asked to apply, I guess is more accurately. I was asked to apply and I did and I submitted the episode I submitted. So there was work involved on my side too to get the nod, but somebody told me you should do this. And it's because Militantly Mix got on their radar because of how many listeners we have and how many people post about it and how many people are saying this is meaningful. We needed stories like this. So I do want to thank the audience because that is that is how this happens. That's, that's how the show gets the acknowledgement that it gets. Um, that comes from the reviews on iTunes and Spotify or Stitcher, whatever platform you're, you're listening to. That also comes from the number of subscriptions that we have of, of the people who are listening. Um, so if you listen to the show, whatever podcatcher you listen to it on, please make sure you hit that follow or su subscribe button because it does help alert other people who listen to like things. Like, hey, Militantly Mix exists. If you like this show, you, you'll like this. And that comes from how many times people subscribe. It also comes to, to how many times we get five-star reviews on like iTunes or, or thumbs-ups on, on some of the other ones. Um, so those are free ways that you can help promote the show that, you know, if there's a thousand of you that listen and a thousand of you hit it at five star review, now that's a thousand more pushes for iTunes or Spotify to say, hey, there's a thousand people listening to this this week. We should maybe share it to other people. Um, so if you haven't yet, please go into whatever podcatcher you're listening to and five star review it if that's how you feel about it. A writer review too that kind of tells people why it's meaningful that helps tremendously. Um, we actually got one in this last week from um, someone called James Million. I hope I said that last name um, correct. Uh, it says awesome mix affinity space, cathartic in how casually conversations touch on shared experiences amongst mixed folks, while also hosting a diversity of topics that come up in relation to people's more specific experiences, strike mix uh, mixes, strike spaces. They occupy. Charmaine has the humble auntie guidance we need. <laughs> um, thank you for that. Uh, a great place to turn to when feeling alone in the mix. Um, thank you, James, for that review. I, I just got notified that it popped up, so I appreciate that. Um, and uh, so things like that help promote the show, but also it just like helps me like know that there's a reason I should be keeping this up. Uh, so thank you for doing that. Uh, also sponsoring the show, of course, this week we also got, um, I want to shout out to Danielle who increased their um, sponsorship on Patreon uh, this week. Uh, thank you, Danielle, for doing that. Um, for those of you who would like to sponsor the show to help keep us growing, uh, go to patreon.com slash militantlymix. That link is also in the show notes. Um, and you can sponsor as low as a dollar a month to as high as anything you wish. And there are different reward levels depending on what you choose. If you choose the $5 a month level or above, you will receive access to the video versions of the episodes, which um, start with episode 142. You can now see what it looks like when I'm on Zoom or StreamYard talking to the guests. Um, if you would like to sponsor the show financially, but you don't want to commit to a monthly or annual sponsorship, you can just go to paypal.me slash militantly mix and drop some coins in the tip jar. 
um, all the money that is collected through either purchasing of merch or donations through PayPal or Patreon go directly into producing the show. And um, given that there was a, a financial hit this year and I was having concerns that I was even going to be able to keep this show up, um, hopefully I'll be able to leverage being a two-time uh, award winner uh, for sponsorship opportunities in the future. I'm ap absolutely going to be working on that. Um, but the, the Patreon sponsorship is is how we make this happen right now. So I, re I really appreciate those of you who are sponsoring the show um, and reviewing the show because that also helps raise awareness so that sponsors will be willing to sponsor the show. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it. Uh, I do also want to just shout out Ryan Alexander Holmes one more time. Um, that episode was, that whole conversation was such a wonderful experience for me, both what you heard on the show and also the additional four hours of talking that he and I did. Um, he also did an IG live with me a couple weeks ago and we were at risk of going over time as well there. Um, he's just a, um, he's just an awesome person and I appreciate him, um, for what he's doing for Blasian Identity out on these Instagram streets and these TikTok streets. Um, but just being a visual black Asian out there in the world is important and I, I appreciate the work that he did and it's really meaningful that his episode is the episode that got us acknowledged for Asian stories. I really, I just appreciate him for that. Um, yeah, so I know I already did my end of the year speech on the last episode, but I, I just want to thank you all for staying with us after three and a half years. Um, I still say us, even though it's just me behind a laptop, but, um, <sighs> I'm looking forward to what 2022 holds. Uh, we do have our, our mixed, uh, our first, uh, virtual conference will be happening in March on March 19th, March, March mixedness. I'll be sharing some details about that in January. Um, I'm also planning a tour for the latter half of 2022. As of right now, I already know that we're going to be doing, um, Atlanta in September. I'm trying to do New York in October. Um, trying to figure out when to do Seattle and uh, Toronto and Chicago. I think I'll do LA in May um, in co uh, to coincide with the Blation March that's going to be out there in LA in May. So um, we're working it out. A lot of this has to do with funding and getting sponsorship and stuff like that. But, um, but if we're able to do it, I absolutely want to do it. And I want to continue to create the concept, uh, the the content that y'all want, crave, need, love, um, get validated by, etc. Um, and we'll get out there. I think I'm not actually bringing back the show until July, uh, yeah, July, January 11th though, uh, just to give me a, a week after the holiday to kind of settle back in. Um, so I may start it on January 4th, but I think I'm waiting to bring back my first episode of 2022 on July, uh, January 11th. I cannot stop saying July. January 11th. So stay tuned and we'll be back then. And also there is one last IG live in the month of December that I will be doing with, um, this week it'll be naturally Mona Lisa. Uh, so each Monday of month of December, I've been doing an IG live with a different former guest of the show, uh, Asian Soph, Ryan Alexander Holmes. This last week was Rohan Jolie and next week will be naturally Mona Lisa. And, um, it just coincidentally was, a. Uh, uh, predominantly Blasian month, but, um, or mixed Asian month because Asian soap was there as well. Uh, just because those are people that I've, I stay in 
like daily contact with. Um, so they jumped on these IG lives with me. And naturally, Mona Lisa will be Monday. So at 6.30 Central Time, which is 7.30 Eastern Time and I guess 4.30 Pacific Time, uh, that's when we're doing the IG live. So stay tuned on Monday for the final one of 2020. But in terms of the podcast, this is the last time I'll say it in 2021. Don't forget, y'all, to be your mixed ass selves. Militantly Mix is a main hustle media podcast produced and hosted by me, Charmaine Fury. Music is by David Bogan, the one. You can follow us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Militantly Mixed. If you'd like to become a sponsor of Militantly Mixed, please go to patreon.com slash militantly mixed for monthly sponsorship or paypal.me slash militantly mixed for a one-time only donation. And if you like what you hear on Militantly Mixed, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to be your mixed-ass self. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle.